Amen. Amen. Exhale and say, hey, yo. That was weak. Are y'all even here? Come on. Exhale and say, hey, yo. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm not here to speak to the dead. I'm here to speak to the living. Whether you know it or not, you are alive. You may not feel like it. You know what I'm saying? Because how many of y'all are working this summer? Y'all working? Any students working this summer? Y'all tired? People are like, I'm tired. What y'all tired? You didn't do nothing today. You're tired from being tired. That's fine. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. If Be Real goes off in the middle of service, you have my permission to do your Be Real, okay? But if it's during altar, I will literally punch you in your face, all right? We have been in a series called Summer in the Psalms. I'm very, very excited. Uh, every week, I just feel like God is speaking to me more and more about these psalms. And um, who can tell me the first psalm we did in the series? Psalm 1, yeah, in the series. Psalm 36 was right before that. That was really close. But Psalm 1. We have been in Psalm 23. If you want to look up Shameless Plug, a YouTube video called Psalm 23 by James River Worship, you're going to see a very talented, attractive, short man, and that man is me singing a song that means so much to me. Psalm 23 isn't just a song, isn't just a scripture. It, I mean, it is everything to me. Some of my most darkest moments of my life and some of the times in my life where I felt alone, I felt abandoned, I felt weak, Psalm 23 gave me the words to declare over myself. And so that's where we've been in the past week or so. So if you've got your physical Bible, wave it up in the air like you just do care. Y'all got your physical Bibles? I love that. I love seeing physical Bibles here because you get easily distracted by your phone. So you have my full permission. If you see somebody on their phone scrolling, doom scrolling, and they shouldn't be, you have my permission to pinch them in the back of the arm. Let's go ahead and that'll wake them up. Real quick. Don't do it now. That's mean. Don't do it now. Did Julie just do that? I do. I knew Julie would do that. All right. <laughs> so go ahead and pull out your Bible, and I want you to go to Psalm 23. If you don't know where the book of Psalm is, I'm going to teach you a trick. Take your Bible. Put your thumbs in the middle. Open it up, and you're going to be in Isaiah. No, you're going to be in Psalms. Dang, that's the first time it hasn't worked. But go ahead and pull out Psalm 23. And once you do, can you stand to your feet for the reading of God's word tonight? Amen. Go ahead, stand to your feet. Why do we stand? Well, it's called reverence. It's called honor. And it, it gets us in a position to say this is important. It's like standing for the flag or the pledge. But this actually gives life. And this is something you should pledge allegiance to right here. So if you've got your Bible and you're ready to read Psalm 23, say, uh-huh. If you got to say, oh yeah. oh, yeah, and if you don't have a Bible, look at the person next to you. Share, share, share a Bible, share a Bible, whichever one you want, whichever one you want. Make sure you're reading off of someone. You are not going to see the full Psalm 23 on the screen because I want y'all to start bringing your Bibles. And so make sure that that whole back row has a Bible to read. That whole back row needs a Bible to read because I believe in it. Y'all got a Bible to read? Find someone with a Bible to read. I Listen, that's called discipleship. Did it just go off? 
Oh, okay. I, I was like, dang. All right, here we go. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, this is your word, not mine. And so, God, speak to us, free us with your word, Lord. We need you and your voice more than anything. Don't allow me to preach in a way that you didn't intend your scripture, your voice to be preached, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. amen. Go ahead and find your seat. Thank you, kind sir. Last week, we introduced this idea, and rather than an idea, this truth that God isn't just the creator of the world, right? Like, we know God to be the one who placed the stars by hand and who calls them by name, the, the God who knows where the sun sleeps and when the moon rises, and you can read the book of Job. If you want to read about God flexing, like, be like, this is what I've done, read the book of Job. It will blow your mind. The back end of it is amazing. But we see, you know, God as a creator. We see him as, as a father, and David brings this new character of God, and that is of a shepherd. We talked about this last week, that it's crazy that David is saying the Lord, the Lord, right, the God of the universe is my shepherd, because being a shepherd was the lowest form of a job that you can have, right? That's like the janitor of the day. Like, no one wanted to be, right, a shepherd. Like, when you went to like your school and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one was going to be like, I want to be a shepherd because that's, that was just not what you wanted to be. You're out in the field. You smelled like sheep poop all day. Like it's just not fun. Some of y'all are like, that sounds peaceful. No, it's not, right? It's boring. You're out there and it's a lot of work at some point. And so like this something about David calling God a shepherd that we need to lean into because once again, that's very interesting. And so if you don't know how we've gotten up to this point, we are going to be in verse 2 and 3 tonight. Last week, we only talked about verse 1. And if you noticed from last week, there was a lot in just verse 1. There was a lot of truths. And so you and I are going to discover and uncover some more truths that we can find in Psalm 23. Not just attributes of God, um, but really what he does as the shepherd. So now that we know that he is a shepherd, let's see what he does. Go with me to Psalm 23, verse 2. Verse 2, and you'll see this on the screen. It says this, he, what's this word? Makes. Say that again. He, say that one more time. He, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still Waters. Okay, so now we're getting to where Jesus, well, in our time, but, you know, he's saying, okay, this is what God does as the shepherd. 
He doesn't just like watch over us and protect and provide for us, right? We talked about that last week. But now there's some action steps being taken. Now he's leading me somewhere. We talked last week that you and I are wanderers. We like to wander. We like to go do things that we're not supposed to do, right? Can I get an amen? All right, if you didn't amen, then you're probably the worst one out of us. No, I'm the worst one. We are all the worst ones. We are sheep that wander. You and I need a guide because we don't have the answers. And sheep, sheep are dumb. We talked about this. Either you're a smart, dumb sheep or a dumb, dumb sheep. Either way, we are all dumb sheep and we find ourselves in trouble. Sheep, if they are not taken care of, get into a lot of trouble right? There's predators. They can get injured. They can get lost. All these things. That's you. In this journey of your life, you at some point are going to get lost and it happens. At some point, you're going to get injured. Someone's going to hurt you. Maybe you hurt yourself. At some point, at some point, there's going to be danger. There's going to be someone that is a hater and that has it out for you. Like those people exist, right? Shout out to all my haters. That's so good. That's so funny. It's so, so true. So you and I need someone a lot smarter, a lot stronger, a lot more powerful with more resources to help run our life, to help us in our life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need help. You need help. You need help. Turn to the other one and be like, no, you need help. No. No, you need help. And Psalm 2, I want to break down once again. We're going verse by verse. And this is the way I read the Bible. This is the way I was taught to read the Bible. This is the way that I learned how to understand the Bible. This is what being a disciple means. Understanding the Bible. Being able to read it, understand it, and then articulate it. What does that mean? If someone asks you, What does God being a shepherd mean? By the end of this little series, you should be able to say, well, here's what it means. That's what it means to be a disciple. Not just a hearer, but a doer, right? Like you can hear your mom telling you to pick up the trash or throw out the trash or clean your room, but until you do it, right, it's it's not going to get done. Ain't going to get a whooping, all right? So it's one of two things. So in Psalm 23, verse 2, we start off with this. You can leave this verse up. We start off with, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. So the Lord knew how to make David rest. Like he's an expert at this. So when God created the heavens and the earth, how many days did it take for God to create the world? Six, Six, right? Wow. I think we're going to do a a Genesis study next, right? Six. And on the seventh day, he did what? All right. This side, how many days did it take for God to create the Six. And on the seventh day, he? Okay. So God, from the beginning of time, has understood something that you and I really need to help understanding. And that is how to rest. How to rest. How to understand rest. He makes me to lie down. So the Lord knew how to make David rest when he needed it. Just as literally a shepherd would do that for his sheep. If they were unsettled, he would make them lie down. We serve a God of naps, amen? Amen. 
He, he created the whole world, the whole universe in six days, and he's like, I'm going to take a nap, all right? I, that's a God I'll follow, just right there, all right? You need rest. You do. You're like, I, I'm 18. I'm in my prime. I, you know, I flex in the mirrors at church. I'm just playing with y'all. Sorry. <laughs> Right, like, I, oh, I'm, I'm great. No, 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 no. Like, like, you need rest. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need rest. You need rest. Here's, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you need sleep. Because sleep and rest are two different things. Because a lot of you, a lot of you sleep, but wake up unrested. And so, and so what do we do? What do we do? Because, wait a minute. All right, Pastor Izzy, that kind of blows my mind because I, I thought, like, by me going to sleep, I'm rested. How many of you, your body is, like, super tired and you're exhausted and you lay in bed, but what is moving and what is ticking and what's working that won't let you sleep? How many of you that's you? Sometimes I get in bed and I'm exhausted and I'm thinking about a thousand things that are, like, random. Like, random. Like, I'd be lying in bed and be like, dang, so it's called a love seat, so that means I can't sit in that seat unless I'm in love. Wow. Y'all don't know what a love seat is. It's, it's a little two-seater, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Think about that, right? Like, I'd be laying in bed, I'd be exhausted, and I'd be like, dang, airplanes are crazy. So you mean to tell me I can pop a ginger ale open and go to sleep in the air? That's right, you're not with me. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. You're in the air. That don't, that don't bug y'all out. You are in the air eating Brussels in the air, all right? It's fine. It's fine. We'll get there. My mind just be thinking about random things. But you and I need rest. And sometimes the pressures of life, the things of life, our dreams, our goals, our everything, all these things play into it. And we just don't find rest. And usually what happens is we start to lose control. And we start to spiral. Some of you are dealing with emotional stresses and emotional, I would say, disorders. And really what it is, you need rest. Your emotions are out of whack because you need rest. It's not because you're just a teenage boy or teenage girl and your emotions are running out of whack. Sure, that plays a part of it. But you need rest. Your generation more than ever. Because you have this thing right here. Where is it? You have this thing right here. And this thing causes more unrest in your life than anything else. Some of you don't sleep because you're too busy scrolling. And some of you are so distracted in your life, and that's this. And so there are a lot of things, and we're going to get to that in a second, that cause us to have a little unrest. But we see here that God is an expert at making us lie down in green pastures. Making us lie down. Here's the thing. We all have limits, right? Right? Even Pastor Jason. Pastor Jason, who's like an Iron Man, that dude can literally do anything. I went on an eight-mile ruck march with him. At one point, true story, right? You can ask Jeremiah Primo there. At one point, he had everybody's gear on him. Running. He started (laughs) That fool started running! Not me! Not me! That dude legit put, put, uh, what was his vest? Like 30-something pounds, 20-something pounds? My backpack, you know, my rucksack was about 25, 30 pounds. Like, he got Jeremiah's bag. He got another bag. I mean, literally, and this is Pastor Jason, just like nothing. Just running, right? But even Pastor Jason has limits. I have limits. You have limits. And you can go, go, and go. But at some point, 
God's gonna make you lie down. And that's whether you say yes and you do it or that's when your body gives out and your mind gives out. But either way, God is going to get you to a place where you find rest. So he wants to do that for you. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Write that down, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. We see this idea and this concept of rest, God giving us rest, giving it to us, making us lie down, right? We see this all over the Bible, but we see Jesus say this as an invitation. Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 is inviting people to him. Say invitation. I preached on that before. Says, come to me. What's the next word? Say it again. Not some, not just dudes, not girls, right? All, everybody, come to me. All, come. That's the invitation to the direction. Me, the person who you are going to is Jesus. All, you who are what? Weary and, and I will what? You rest. He's like, are you tired? Are you tired? Is your mind tired? Are are you tired of those thoughts? Are you tired of battling those thoughts? Are you tired of battling those emotions? Are you burdened with stuff that you shouldn't be burdened with? Some of you are burdened with stuff that your parents are going through. Some of you are more burdened about the bills that need to be paid in your house than your parents. And that might be them putting that on you, which I highly disagree with. I don't think a parent needs to put that on any child. Your job is to be a kid. Your job is to be a junior high. Your job is to be a high schooler. You don't need to worry about all those things. And maybe your parents need to watch the last week's video about how God is a shepherd and will provide for them and they don't have to worry about a thing. But here's a moment where God is saying, come to me. All you who are with everyone, if you're tired and you need rest, I'm gonna give that to you. So here it is, students. You don't know what you need. You don't. You don't know what you do. You need. Some might say like they do, like I do know what I need, but I would then challenge them with this question here. Did you go to God first? I know what I need, man. Like I just need to blank. I just need to go to the gym more. I just need to do this. I just need to do that. And so notice that the answer to all those things is everything but God. And that to me is a dumb sheep moment. That to me is a moment that just proved my point. You don't know what you need. Because if you knew what you needed, if you knew what you needed in this season of your life, you would know that you need to go to the one person that can provide that for you. You would need, you would know that, man, if anything in my life, I know that before I turn to anything, before I turn to any type of remedy, any type of medication, any type of counseling, any type of whatever, I need to go to God first. And so sheep don't walk around saying to the shepherd, listen, man, bah, I know where I need. Like, no. First of all, if a sheep talks to you, run away, it's demon possessed, all right? (laughs) But sheep don't know what they need. The shepherd knows what they need. So you don't know what you need. Well, I think I need, you don't. Hey, here's one. You don't need that relationship. I know everything inside of you is telling you that you need that person in your life because they just get you. I've said it. They just understand me, man. Like, my parents don't understand me. No one understands me, but they understand me. Like, it's crazy. Like, they just make me feel all like, right? No. You want to know who understands you? The one who literally created you. That's the person that you need in your life. 
That's not in my notes, but that's for somebody here. Listen, that girl, that guy, I'm going to be real with you right now. You don't need him. You don't, especially at the season of your life that you are in. You don't. That's a word. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's for you. So you don't know what you need. Some might say they do, but I would challenge them with the question, did you go to God first? You are specifically made to be dependent on God. You need him just as much as you need sleep. Behind every, listen, behind every physical need is an emotional need. And behind every emotional need is a spiritual need. And you need to listen to that for a second. Like, like, like people aren't like dealing with things physically just because of just random stuff. I know like the sickness and things like that. But I'm talking about the deep issues. I'm not talking about COVID, right? Like, you didn't catch COVID because you're depressed, okay? I'm not saying that. You caught COVID because somebody wear, didn't wear a mask at Jewel Oscar, right? No. I'm saying, like, there's some things in your life, like, you're, you're, you're tired all the time. You just feel like you're out of it. You, like, even, like, you're sitting here right now, and it's so hard for you to focus right now. And it's been every Thursday night so far. And like you sit here and you're like, I just can't focus, I can't listen. And you know what that is? That's you being physically unrested. Because in the presence of God, like there, there's peace and there's calmness and then there's joy. And if you're not feeling those things, well, then there's obviously something else that's bothering you. Like it's not just because you're tired. It's because something emotionally is happening and it's because something spiritual is happening. And so behind all of those things, something spiritual is happening. You won't find true rest until your needs are met. So, like, there's needs. There's physical needs. There's emotional needs. There's spiritual needs, right? We all got needs, yeah. right? We all have needs. So I'm not saying that, like, the needs that you have are kind of discredited just because of whatever. No, God wants to meet your needs. God wants to make sure you're fed, you're clothed, you're watched over, you're protected, you're healthy. I want to read you a quote that I found. Go ahead and throw that up. It says this by Philip Keller. It says, sheep... Do not lie down easily and will not unless four conditions are met. Say four. Because they are timid. They're just timid creatures, right? They will not lie down if they are afraid because they're social animals. They will not lie down if there's friction among the sheep. If flies or parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. Finally, if sheep are anxious about food or hungry, they will not lie down won't lie down. So there's four conditions. And because you and I are sheep, these things apply to us. And so let's, let's go into that for a second. I know it's not scripture, but let's go into this truth for a second. So here are four common ways we become restless and how the shepherd has dealt with them. Go ahead, show me this. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with these things. Here are four things that that says. Number one, fear. Because sheep are very timid. They're kind of skittish. Right? They're kind of like everything's out to get them because they're sheep. That's kind of their mindset. But they're afraid. Some of you tonight are afraid. I just had a meeting with somebody, kind of walking them through some things in life. And I said, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of with that? Well, okay, then what are you afraid of? What else? And what I'm doing is I'm trying to get them to say these things out loud, to bring them out in the air. Because sometimes what we're afraid of sounds really dumb when it finally comes out of our mouth. Like when we finally say it, we're like, that sounds crazy. Like, I, why am I afraid of that? 
And, right, like things can sit in your head and they can rot and fester. But the second you bring it out to light, the second you bring it up out of you, you vocalize it, you say it. Now God is like, I can deal with that. I can handle that. I can do that. Right Now I'm glad that sometimes when we don't have the words to express ourselves, God deals with it on the inside and he deals with the heart. But I think there's something important with saying, God, this is what I'm afraid of. And God's response is great. I've already handled that. I've already conquered that fear. I, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, as scripture says. And so what does he do when we're afraid? Why can't we lie down? Because some of you are afraid about so many things. And I've been feeling lately that, you know, that some of us are afraid for things that are out of our control. Some of us are afraid about stuff with our parents. Like, I've been, I just feel that right now. Like, like I used to be afraid of, like, how my parents are going to afford the house. Or how my parents are going to be able to afford my school trip. Or th- I was just afraid that, like, we were going to be out on the streets. Like, I was just afraid of those things. And in those moments, when I finally got to a place where I say, God, I'm going to go to you first. I'm not going to go to inspirational quote I found on TikTok. I'm not going to go to my favorite motivational podcast. I'm going to go to you. And you know what he did? He gave me his peace. A peace that scripture says surpasses all understanding. What does that mean? It means you're having peace in a situation where normally, like, it doesn't make sense to have peace. But for some reason, you're chilling. That's what that means. That's a peace that's given from God. So if you're afraid tonight, God wants to give you his peace. If you find yourself not rested, you are unrested, you are restless because of fear, God wants to give you his peace tonight. And two, there's friction. So, like, if there's, if there's certain friction between sheep, like, there's no unity, like, because they're a herd. And their strength comes from being together. Because when wolves and, and foxes and mountain lions and bears try to come, like, their, their strength is in their numbers. But when there's friction, that causes division. And so some of you, you've got some division in your home. You and your siblings are always fighting. You and your parents are always fighting. And let me tell you something. Like, God is the God of a parental unit. And he's the creator of the family unit. And he wants to restore that. And a lot of you are restless. A lot of you are tired physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's because there's no unity in your life. There's no unity in your family there's no, there's no unity in your school. Like some of you, you know, because of so, some social anxieties, which I, I 100% understand, and I know that God wants to help you with that, you, you don't really have a, a, a friend group at school. But great, you have one right here. That's what Excel is for. You're like, I don't have anybody at school. I was like, well, you have people here. If you don't have people at school, if you don't have people at home, great, you have people here that love you, that support you, that wants to help I'm partner with God and take that friction out of your life. So when there's friction, when there's this unity, that's division, that's when people get isolated. And if you know stories of sheep going off on their own, some of them get caught up and they die by themselves. But what I love about Excel is we are creating a space where sheep don't have to be alone, where you don't have to be alone. I want, like, this place is the most imperfect, messed up place. You want to know why? Because you're here. Because I'm here. This place, this place, you know why church can suck sometimes? It's because people suck and people are here, right? But I'd rather be here with people that are just as messed up as me than anywhere else because here, man, like, we're family. And, and, I, and I, I truly believe, I actually believe that we're family here. 
and I care about you. And the leaders and our lead pastor, Pastor Joy, he cares about you. He spent his whole life partnering with God and building this youth ministry. And, and every part of me wants to keep that alive because it's family. It's what he does. It's what we do here. And so if you've got, if you're restless because of friction, God wants to bring unity and fellowship. God wants to bring you in. So if it's your first time here, God wants to bring you into a united place where you can fellowship with people, meaning hang out and do life with people, people that are going to check up on you. People that, let me plug, let me plug XL Plus here for a second. We're going to kick off XL Plus in September. We got war games happening on Friday, tomorrow. Ah, I love war games so much. Listen, I need y'all to bring some friends so that like y'all compete, all right? Y'all gonna be, it's gonna be a great time. Your leaders for those groups are gonna be announced. It's gonna be a great time. You know, there's been some roster changes I'm really excited about. It's like it's like the NFL draft or like, you know, something just so good. But EXO Plus isn't just another night for us to like make you do things. EXO Plus is a night where instead of you going to that party and getting drunk, you could be at another party, you know, having fun safely with people that love you, that want to pray for you, yeah. that want to encourage you. So what? You went to that party and got high, what? So then what? You went home and what? Got the munchies and went to sleep? What's that going to do for your life? What's that going to do for anything? You know what that's going to do? That's going to get you lost. And we can laugh, right? We can laugh and joke about that, but I'm being for real. That, that lifestyle, that seems fun, it seems great. This whole church thing might seem cringy and lame to you, but there's life here, and anywhere else is death. But I want to be where life is. So what, you went to a party, and, and you went home, and that's it. You go to XO Plus, you go to a party, and you leave built. You leave encouraged. You leave loved on and believed in. That's why XO Plus exists, is to create a community to surround each other with. So some of the guys, we, 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 uh, we did a book study. We did a book study in a book called Tale of Three Kings, which you need to finish, but it was an amazing time, and like I enjoyed that so much because that's what XL Youth is about. It's about getting together and being friends and being family. Let's keep going. Flies. How many of you hate flies? I can't stand flies. I don't know how they be getting in my house, but I'm like, if I know that there's a fly buzzing around the room, I won't be able to go to sleep until I find it and destroy it. I just can't. I can't. You know what? What's super annoying about flies is, is, is they just buzz around your head and they annoy you and, and they like to be around like trash and we got a dog and we got Dottie eating stuff off the floor in our house, our floor is sticky and all this stuff. So flies, you know what I kind of look flies to be like is a sin in your life that's just always around. That's just super annoying in your life. The sin in your life that buzzes by your ear occasionally. And gets you to break character, gets you to do things that you know you're not meant to do, but you do it anyway. The flies in your life that, that are because there's something gross in your life. Because flies like gross things. Flies like trash. They do. Flies like nasty things. And you know what sin is? It's trash. It's trash. And some of us, we, we get sin confused. We get trash confused with treasure. It's not a treasure. It is not a treasure. And so sooner or later, you might leave that piece of food outside and there might not be flies, but you give it an hour. You give it a few minutes and flies are gonna be all over it. So here's what I'm saying. That stuff in your life might not be attracting flies now. Sooner or later, you're gonna be swarmed. 
Enemy swarm. And so there are some of you, you are restless. You are restless tonight because there's sin in your life. And it's buzzing around you. God wants to bring you to a place where you understand that sin has been defeated. That you don't have to do those things. You actually, you actually have a choice to make in that, in that matter. You know, you actually don't have to look at that thing. You know, you actually don't have to do that. You know, your body and your mind is probably telling you, like, yeah, I want to do this. But you know, you actually don't have to do that. That sounds super simple, but I didn't really get that until I got to college. Well, wait a minute. Like, because I understand forgiveness, right, from Psalm 63, now I know I don't actually have to sin. I don't actually have to choose to sin. Do we accidentally sin? Yes. Do I be cussing in traffic when people cut me off or don't know how to zipper merge? Yes. All right, I do. I do. When, when I die in Rainbow Six and I get headshot from a spawn peak, yes, I be getting mad, right? But like I have a choice in the matter. So listen, you have a choice whether or not. And the enemy wants to lie to you that like it's just what you do. No, it's not who you are anymore. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. Let's keep going. Number four is famine. Some of you are starving. Some of you are starving. You're like, yeah, dude, you talked about dog stop earlier. You're fish nugget, right? No, like pizza buff, right? All Whatever you get there, their steak sandwiches, fire. I'm not talking about physically hungry. I'm talking about spirit. Some of you are hungry for attention, hungry for love, hungry for acceptance. You're starving. And, and I will say this. I want to talk to the guys. Some of you guys in the room have ever heard your dad say that they're proud of you. And you're starving for that. Some of you have never heard your dad say, I'm sorry. You know what? I was wrong. And some of you are starving. Some of you are starving for affection. You're like, that's why you hop from relationship. That's why, that's why some of you girls hop from guy to guy. Because you're starving for affection. You're starving for some type of completion in your life. Maybe this next guy will make me feel the way I need to. Maybe this next guy will help me keep my mind off it. Some of you boys do the same thing. Some of y'all went to camp. Listen, we could talk about it later. But I love you enough, I love you enough to be a shepherd tonight and tell you some of the hard truths. Some of y'all went to camp and did it. Some of y'all went to camp hungry. And it wasn't for him, it wasn't for his presence, it wasn't for his word. You were hungry for Snapchats and numbers. And Pinky Friday. Y'all showed up on Monday ready for Friday. And that's funny, and we can joke about it. But let me be real with you. Let me be real with you for a second. You're starving. You know what happens when you starve? You die. Can we, like, do you hear me for a second? You're like, dang, Pastor, you're like really real tonight. I'm like, listen, I'm like ready to go. Like, like when you starve, you're dying. You're, you, you, you are dying. And so the, my heart for you tonight is this, like, sweet, God provides, and God will open doors and do all these things. But listen, he's prepared a table for you. We're gonna see that in the rest of the Psalms. He's prepared a table for you, but some of you are more attracted by what the world has to offer to eat than what he has to offer to eat. You wanna know something? When you eat from the world's table, you will always be hungry. You will always be hungry. When you drink from the well of the world, you will always be thirsty. But when you drink of the living water, as Jesus said, 
you'll never be thirsty again. This is what I'm talking about. There are things in your life that, yes, you have a need. You have a need for, for reconciliation. You have a need for some of these things. And God's like, great, I can do that. What, from, I would just watch the movie Holes the other night. He comes up. I could fix that. <laughs> like, y'all seen the movie? You know, Mary Lou, right, whatever her name is. Dude comes up. I could fix that. Sam, I could fix that. You know, there's nothing that God can't fix. There's nothing he can't fix. And so if you're afraid, God wants to give you peace. If, you're, if, if there's friction in your life and there's tension, God wants to bring unity. If there's flies, I mean, if there's sin in your life, God's defeated it. God wants to erase that from your life. God wants to help you walk in that freedom, right? And if there's famine, if you are starving, if you need something, you're like, I don't like being in these relationships. I don't like going to that substance abuse. I don't like going to the weed. I don't like going to the vape. I know I don't really need to do those things, but it just takes my mind off of a war. Like you are starving from something that only God can give you. Yeah. Am I preaching tonight? Yes, sir. I sure feel like it. Amen. So the question that you need to ask yourself from these four things, there are probably more, is this question right here. I need you to write this down. What is causing me to not have rest? What is causing me to not have rest? You have to ask yourself that question. Listen, I like reading the Bible and I like asking questions about the Bible, but sometimes there's a question I need to be asking myself. And the question you need to ask yourself in Psalm 23 in verse 2 is this, what is causing me to not have rest? What is causing me to be restless? Is it one of those four things or maybe it's something I didn't cover tonight, but either way, God has an answer because he is the great shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. Like, I like what Pastor Joey says. He says this, you can't heal what you don't. You guys know it. I love that. I remember the first time when I heard him speak at a camp, it was the first time we met. He said that. I was like, fire. It's so true. That's why when I ask so-and-so what you're afraid of, I'm like, reveal it. Reveal it. Like, that's why, again, back to XL Plus, that's why we have leaders in those groups so that you can go to that leader and say, hey, I know you're not going to judge me because that's not what you're supposed to do, right? Because it's true. They're not supposed to judge you, right? Right? Hey, I know you love me as my leader. And I know we, you know, I know we might not know each other, but like, I'm struggling with this. I'm really dealing with this. You know what that leader's going to say? Man, God loves you. Thank you for sharing that. God's going to help you with that. Let's pray. Do you mind if we pray for you? And then God's going to do a miracle. This is what he does. And so like, it, XO Plus isn't a place for you to find out what everybody else is going through and be a gossip. No, it's a place for you to go to and be like, hey, I need help with this, but you can't heal what you don't. You got to do it. That's why it's so important to ask yourself this question. What is causing me to not be rested? Psalm 3, let's move on to Psalm 3. I'm doing great. He says this. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. This is where we're going to be for the rest of the night. And then our, actually, let's have the whole team come up because we're going to give you some time. I'm going to go through this quickly because I need you to give, I want to give you some time in the altar. He says this. He restores my soul. So, okay, so when we submit to God's authority and when we submit to, to be under his guidance as a shepherd and we, his sheep, 
Look at our reward. What's our reward for doing this? Right? What do we get from this? Not just green pastures and still water. Okay, great. Physically, like, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm full. I'm not thirsty anymore. Now I'm taking a nap. Great, that's awesome. But he's like, I'm not just going to meet your physical need. I'm just going to do that. I like what, I like, well, let's get to this. So the takeaway is this. He just doesn't fulfill your physical need. It's the next slide. But our spiritual needs. Oh, this is awesome. I like this, okay? God, God, wants to, God wants to heal me. God wants to give me strength. God wants to help me in all these things. I like that we see this concept of God fulfilling both our physical and our spiritual needs. We, we see this in Matthew. Again, let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. Just write that down. If you can turn to it fast, great. If not, it's going to be on the screen. Matthew 9, verse 2 says this. So this is a moment where, where you've got the, the, the friend that's paralyzed and his buddies pick him up and take him to Jesus, right? Some of us know that story. So we pick up where it left off, right? Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. By the way, they tore open somebody's roof, right? Like Jesus was in a crib and like people were like hanging out and Jesus was teaching and all these things. And like all of a sudden the roof busts open and they drop this guy, right? They don't really drop him, they lower him. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Pause. This is crazy. I, like if I'm that guy, I'm going to be like, hey, that's cool and all. But what about my legs? <laughs> right? That's cool, Jesus. But like I can't feel my toes. Right? Like. And some of, the, some of the onlookers actually challenge him on that. Like, who is this guy to forgive sins? He's like, well, what's easier for, it, for me to tell him to pick up his mat and walk? No, like, Jesus is getting to the root of it. He's like, I can heal your legs. I can heal your legs, but without, without saving you, without restoring you, without forgiving you, you're gonna use those, those brand new legs to run away from me, to run. You're gonna spend your life running. So I'm gonna get to the root of the issue here. I'm going to get straight to your soul. So we see God, he's going to take you to green pastures. He's going to show you, man, look, this, this, is, this, this is it. This is awesome. This is the strength I have for you, the rest I have for you. Here's the water. Drink. Drink of me. Drink of my word, right? And, and a lot of us, we'll just leave it there. Well, I'm full. I'm not thirsty anymore. All of a sudden, we see something a little bit deeper. It says, hold on. There's something way more important that I need to get to. It's your soul. It's your soul that God wants to restore. The Hebrew words for restore, uh, for restores my soul can also mean brings me to repentance. I'm not, I'm not saying you're sorry. This isn't a I'm sorry moment. We talked about forgiveness in Psalm 63. Go and watch those videos again. But, but this is repentance. What's Repentance. That's the way I'm headed, and that's leading to death, destruction, starvation, and separation from God. Repentance is God. That way is not for me. That way is not from you. And so I'm going to turn away from it, and I'm going to turn towards you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to let you guide me. I'm going to let you provide for me and protect for me. I'm going to let you forgive me. I'm going to walk in your peace and your comfort. That's repentance. This is not repentance. Okay, God, I'm so sorry I walked that way. 
It's so bad that I'm doing that. I know, like, yeah, that way is it for me. So I'm sorry. I love you. And you go back to the same sin. And then Thursday night comes and you get to the altar and like, okay, God, I'm so sorry I did that again. And so I'm going to go this way. Friday comes and you're like, okay, that's more attractive again. Like that, that's not repentance. Repentance is fully, you're saying, God, that's not for me anymore. And that's going to be, that's going to be a journey for some of you to really get to that place. But only God can lead you to a place of repentance. And what does scripture say? What leads us to repentance? Is it his wrath? Is it his judgment? It's his kindness. Scripture says, it's your kindness that leads me to repentance. Our shepherd is kind. He's gracious. I saw this quote by Charles Spurgeon. I love reading some of his things. He says this, what good were it to have green pastures and a black soul? What good is it to be physically healed and physically strengthened if spiritually and emotionally you're still in a dark place? What's the point of of God opening a door in your life if you're still shackled to your sin? What's the point of all that? That's what he's saying. It's like, yeah, so what? There's green pastures that God wants to lead you to. But you're gonna take that green pasture and you're gonna be miserable in it. And you're going to say, well, I tried. Some of you, you like church, you, this is your green pasture. You come here and you're like, this is great, but I still feel like crap. I still feel like this. I still feel like that. You want to know what the problem is? It's not that the pasture's not green enough. It's that your soul is still needed saving. That's it. The church is not green enough. The church is not this. I'm tired of people blaming the church. I've already talked about this. The church is not to blame because there's sucky people that suck that are here. We're all trash. We're all, we're all sinners. Like when you put a lot of sinners in one place, of course there's going to be drama. Of course there's going to be problems. Of course there's going to be issues. You're like, it's supposed to be green. It is green. But he has not restored your soul. You have not allowed him to restore your soul. You will never find rest. You will never be able to enjoy the green pastures and the still waters unless your soul is restored. I'm so passionate about this. He says he he leads me. He leads me. Sheep don't need to know where the green pastures are, where the still waters are. They just need to know where the shepherd is. I just need to find that. No, you don't. You don't need to find anything. You know what you need to find? You need to find the shepherd. You need to find the person that knows where those things are. Sheep, sheep aren't independent. No sheep is like, listen, shepherd, just tell me where the water is and I'll go. No, they don't do that. They are fully reliant and dependent on the shepherd. And so you need to get to a place where like, God, I don't need to know where this is. I don't need to know where that is. All I need to know is where you are. And where you are, I need to be. Where you are, I want to be there. Where you are, I'll have everything I need because you will take care of me. He says, he leads me. You will lead me. Not astray, but down what? Paths to righteousness. Paths to righteousness. What does that mean, right? You're like, when you read that, you're like, what does that even mean? He leads me in the path of righteousness. God's path leads to righteousness. And what is it? It's the quality of being right in the eyes of God 
including character, conscious, conduct, and command. It's you understanding that you are made right in his eyes. That when he sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees his son. But unless you've accepted his son into your life, he will always see the dirty version of you. He will always see it. What's the path of righteousness? It's Jesus. That when we accept Jesus, Scripture says that we are now clothed in his righteousness. That's the path that you and I need to be on. And the last part, for his namesake. So who gets the glory for all this? Right? No sheep is going to be like, look what I did. Look how I made it. No. No. And so it's like some of us in our life, we go through life and we do all these things as if we had anything to do with it. You have nothing to do with it. God's hand is on you. It will always be on you. And so who gets all the glory? Who gets all the credit? Who gets all the honor? It's him for his namesake. You didn't get yourself to green pastures. You didn't get yourself to still waters. You didn't restore your own soul. I didn't restore my own soul. If you restored your own soul here, then I'm in the wrong business and I need to figure out what you did. But anyone that has walked through the doors of this church has said, someone needs to help me. And then no one else can except for Jesus. No, he's restored your soul. I want you to get to a place where you're so moved in worship that tears will begin to fall because had it not been for him, it's one of my favorite things to say to Jesus. One of my favorite things to say when I'm in my prayer time. It's not just to get a, a cry reaction. It is, it, is, it is a song in my heart. Had it not been for you. Had it not been for you. It wasn't that teacher. It wasn't my dad. It wasn't that pastor. Although those people were influential in my life. Had it not been for you. I would have been in jail. For sure. Pastor, is it you? Yes, I would have been in jail. Had it not been for him, I would have still been addicted and I still would have been shackled to sin. I would have, I would have been lost. And I tried everything. It's so easy for you to sit in that seat and think that like some of these pastors are superheroes. No, I was your age. I was so lost. And in college, I was lost. And even sometimes now as an adult, I'm lost. But I get to a place for his namesake. I'm like, had it not been for you, had it not been for your mercy, had it not been for the way you provided for me. I was a couch surfer in my junior and senior year of high school. You know what that means? It means I was homeless. There were days and weeks where I didn't see my brothers. There were days and weeks where I would only see my twin at school because not one place could take three boys at the same time. So we would stay at girlfriends' houses or leaders' houses. I remember there was one time where I had nowhere to go and I found money to take a bus, to take, to take a train, excuse me, a metro to a near suburb where I had a girlfriend, but she was out of town on her way in. So I'm not going to be back for a few hours. I found myself in a CVS with nothing the backpack and I stole a Powerade because I was so thirsty and I fell asleep in the, in the CVS in the magazine aisle fell asleep and I got kicked out 
And that's when it hit me. I'm like, I'm lost. And I need help. And it hit me again where I had nowhere else to go. So I walked outside the CVS. I can see it now. And, I've, and I laid down on a bench. I fell asleep until she called me. It was the first time in my life where I just felt completely abandoned. It was the first time in my life where I felt, man, no one cares. No one sees me. And I just remember God speaking to me. He's like, I see you. I love you. And I'm going to help you. Sooner or later, I got accepted into this amazing college and I was able to leave that kind of a lifestyle and although it wasn't super long it was horrible and on that bench I didn't call out to anybody I didn't didn't call anyone I didn't do anything all I knew is I needed to call onto one person I said God you gotta help me you gotta help me because I wanna numb the pain with everything else but I know you don't want me to numb it I know you wanna take it or you help me heal. Either way, God, you can help me. But God gets the glory. I want to read you this. I wrote this down. The good shepherd does not just feed the sheep. He leads them where they need to go. I didn't know at the time, but God was leading me. He was leading me. I didn't, listen, being homeless wasn't my decision. It was the bank. It was my parents and and their financial decisions. I just, paying the price for it but I knew I needed to go to the Lord and I want you to know that you're never lost I felt lost but I was never lost it says this we're never alone you may feel alone but the truth of the matter is God is with you in your lowest moment God is with you and he sees all the ugliness of your sin and he He's not disgusted by you. He's in love with you. He loves you, wants to help you. At times, the path we're on may be hard, or sometimes they look scary. But we can draw confidence in this, to the fact that he goes before us, and he goes with us. These truths are repeated over and over in the Bible. And in Hebrews 4.15, you don't have to write this down, but Jesus is compared to a high priest who can help us because, because how can Jesus help you? Because of this, in Hebrew 4.15 because him is high priest he can help us because he went through everything we've been through. It says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who has been tempted in every way we are. Like, it was it's so hard for me to relate to Jesus because he's like the son of God and stuff. He lived a life just like you and I. He had likes, he had dislikes, probably didn't like certain kinds of things, certain kinds of food. He was tempted in every way. Fellas, yeah. He was a man, tempted. Tempted. Tempted to do his own thing. Tempted to do his own, uh, make his own way. But we see in scripture that he's denied those things. And he's him, Jesus himself, calling unto the Father. And so Jesus knows those thoughts, girls. He knows. He knows what's happening in your head. Fellas, he knows what's happening in your head. He knows what's happening in your heart. You're not serving a God that 
has no idea what it's like to be human. Fully God, fully man, Jesus, the Son of God. He knows exactly what's going on. He sympathizes with you. He knows. Because of that, he can come to the aid of those who seek him. On the screen, as I close, Hebrew 13, verse 5, it says this, God's promise. I will never lead, leave you, should say leave you, or abandon you. I will never leave you or abandon you. I will never leave you or abandon you. You're like, okay, I need this rest in my life. I need this moment of peace. I need rest. I'm tired. I'm tired. And it's so easy in your restlessness to feel alone, to feel left, to fend for yourself. But there is a shepherd who wants to help you. And part of it means that you need to be still. Pastor Joey did this last night. And I just felt like we need to do this in this moment. So I'm not going to tell you to come up here. And we're actually not going to sing. We're just going to do this for a second. We're going to do this for a second. If you're tired tonight, if you're restless, you're like, I I can sleep all day and wake up and still feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. I want to give you a moment to find rest right here in his presence. So I want everyone to close their eyes.